Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What's going on, guys? Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Nickish. You got your boys Mo, Nafi, and Faiz here. It is August 2nd, 2022. Not much Knicks news to review. The Donovan Mitchell shit is still pending, but we're still going to continue our trend of discussing what else is going on in the NBA. But first, make sure you guys go check out our website, nick-ish.com, for our exclusive apparel. Grab yourself a hat and a pair of shorts to wear as we're rounding out the summer. Also, make sure you check out our review of Chris Herring's book, Blood in the Garden, written by our own Omar Farouki. This book is a New York Times bestseller and was recently added to Barack Obama's recent list of summer read recommendations. So definitely make sure you check out both Omar's review and Chris Herring's book. Now, bringing in my partner, Nafi. What's going on, man? Smooth segue, brother. I'm doing, I'm doing good. Um, we missed you last week, but, you know, me and Faiz held it down. Um, like you said, not much to talk about today, but we'll, we'll find a way. We, we we content creators, I guess. We'll, we'll, we'll make something happen. But on a somber note, do want to touch on, obviously, a recent passing. You know, mm-hmm. rest in peace to Bill Russell. Um, R.I.P. Uh, legend. Legend in not even just basketball, off the court as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so uh, prayers and, you know, uh, thoughts thoughts and prayers to his family. And, you know, it's, you can't be understated. The NBA lost a titan. You know what I mean? Um, we wouldn't be here doing what we're doing without – Bill Russell, basically, is how I look at it. He was a pioneer for the game. So, yeah, rest in peace. Um, one of the greats. Probably the greatest winner this this NBA, you know, has ever seen, you know. A yeah, man. amongst legends. It, it's really tough because, like, you saw what he was doing for the rest of the NBA and, like, how the NBA was a, – it's a real, like – tight-knit family like even up to the nba 75 year celebration like you see how important like passing on that torch passing on that legacy is and you can't say nba you can't talk about nba culture without you know bill russell's name and you know shout out to shout out to a legend and may he rest in peace indeed um all right so i guess we hit on it there's not much going on with the donald mitchell shit as uh as aptly put by my partner mo um (laughs) But yeah, I guess we could check in on the rumor or the related support that came out that apparently Danny Ainge and Leon, they just haven't spoken in two weeks. They both went on their respective vacations, it seems like, yeah. and uh, talks are, are in flux, basically, or have stopped. Hence, you know, we saw, like, that Shams report last week with there's a whole list of teams that are engaging with Utah or whatever or had checked in. But yeah, I mean, we're still here waiting for a deal. Um, last week, I mentioned this felt eerily like the Carmelo thing. Something about, like, it hasn't even been a month since the original Shams report, you know what I mean? But this month feels, these last couple of weeks feels longer than the Mellow Saga did, you know what I mean? But, yeah, any thought, any any thoughts y'all got, you guys have on uh, just this latest news that came out, or non-news, for being accurate? I mean, there's a reason why Danny Ainge is Danny Ainge. He's good at business, and looks like Leon Rose is too. I mean, they're both in a staring contest, like we've mentioned in multiple episodes in a row and it, it, it's felt like it's, it's been going for a long time when Shams dropped that initial tweet. Was that, was that in June? I don't even that remember. July, that was July. That was July. <laughs> not that far back. That's a stretch. Yeah, it was like early July. I don't blame you, but it yeah. At least a month ago. It felt much longer. But, you know, we all imagined that it was going to be wrapped up within the week, maybe two. But now yeah, it it's, it's just been dragging on. And now it looks like Danny's kind of doing what he has to do to kind of 
make his own business ploy and try to make it seem like there are other teams that can make a move for Donovan Mitchell, but we see their assets. We know what Danny wants. He wants picks. He wants, you know, he wants the future to look brighter. He doesn't want immediate win now players like the Wizards have. Um, so, you know, it looks like at the end of the day, the Knicks can offer the best package. It, they're just in disagreement of how many picks it's going to be and what players are going to go in that trade. And for us, that's still a good thing. Uh, if we had our, our former regime, then this deal would have been done and we would have lost half our players and all of our picks at the same time. But we have a guy in, in Brock Aller and Leon Rose, you know, two guys, three guys that we can trust. And they're going to do what they can to make the best possible trade. We have to remember that at the end of the day, Donovan Mitchell is not a tier one player that you have to give up everything for. And, you know, what you want to do is make the best possible trade to so he can complement the current players and leave room for growth. So just got to be patient. That's what it is. Exactly. And patience is a virtue for a reason, but it's in short supply with Knicks fans. You can see it on all social media platforms. There's always that subset of fans that are just like, yo, we got to hold Leon accountable. Why won't he get us a star? I don't know. I don't want to overpay, but you know we need to hold Leon accountable. I'm just like, wait. If you don't want to overpay, Leon doesn't want to overpay. Why the fuck do you want to hold him accountable, quote unquote, accountable for not wanting to overpay? It don't yeah. make sense. You know what I mean? It's just it's uh, the 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 desire for instant gratification, and yeah, you pretty much hit it on the head, Moses. Right now, it's just about like what assets. If if you know, if we're kind of operating on the assumption that Donnie is ours, knock on wood. It's all about what assets are we willing to give up or how far are we willing to go because Leon smartly does not want to leave our asset, uh, you know, our asset chest or war chest, like, empty or not enough to, like, do a secondary move after we get Donnie, right? And I think that's a smart way to look at it. And, you know, we said it from the top as well, right? Or at least I personally felt like, you know, I want Donnie. I think it's a good move. But I'm also good with just, like, you know, if the price gets too high, we just move on with the kids we got. You know what I mean? The kids and Jalen Brunson. So, Faiz, what do you think of the, the non-news? Or, you know what I mean? As, as you go uh, talk about this report, I'm seeing a tumbleweed kind of like fly behind you. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just really nothing going on. You know what I mean? So, talk about this nothing news report, basically. We're back on Spider Watch this time with no breaking news. No, no <laughs> nothing, right? Like... Um, I mean, I feel like we, we should be – I feel like we talked about this before, and I think I'm going to echo the same sentiments as, like, we have in previous podcasts, and I think people are a little bit tired of this, you know, conversation in general, but it's like uh, Leon Rose is giving us what he what we want. We we don't want us to overpay. We want to be able to, be, be like, acquire a second start after you get Donovan Mitchell. So you want to hold on to the assets, and I feel like if we were getting fleeced – um, the trade would have already happened. Danny Ainge would have taken advantage of us. Uh, I like this staring contest, and I like that Leon Rose is the leader of this team right now because I feel like we're as strong as he is, and he is not wavering on this. We know that he's been a part of like really big deals in the NBA before, including being on the other side of the Knicks trade when Carmelo's uh, trade happened for us. So Leon Rose, you know, he knows exactly what it takes to be part of these types of deals, and he's not going to get pushed over or bullied over by someone like Danny Ainge, where you know he completely bulldozed the Timberwolves front office and did that blockbuster trade that everyone's been like saying that's the base for this package. So. Uh, I, I like I like the move from Leon Rose. He's been strong, and I feel like Knicks fans need to pay attention to your leader. You know, like follow suit a little bit. Be calm. Be patient. He he made valuable moves to make the roster better. That's all you could really ask for. You know, like yeah. I mean, at this stage, like I'll throw it back to you, Mo. But yeah, there's really nothing else, not much else to talk about in regards to Donnie. Not but much. you know, as far as the one acquisition we did make this summer, obviously Jalen Brunson, our new starting point guard. We did have a bit of news come out of, come out in regards to that, right? Like, and we've been joking about it 
since probably like in the springtime, you know, the tampering shit that's going on. But yo, Mo, f- fill our audience in on uh, what exactly has, uh, you know, happened in the NBA. Uh, well, basically, at least a month after we try we signed Jalen Brunson, there's news or rumors circulating that the Knicks are going get to hit, get hit with tampering fines for how oh, no, they're going to open up an investigation for possible fines. Yes, yeah. they're going to open up an investigation for a possible fine uh, for potential tampering uh, to for, against the Knicks for the way they handled signing Jalen Brunson. And, you know, we, we've seen it in the past. It was it was the Bulls, and I forgot the other team um, to, to get, I think, Zach Levine. They had to give up some picks. But it's, it's hard for them to make a case because the Knicks have – Leon Rose and Jalen Brunson's dad on the Knicks and Jalen Brunson's son is the agent of Jalen Brunson. So it's kind of hard to make that case when it's just family talking to family. So that, at, at the end of the day, like how can you like what exactly is going to be the argument against it? And if, if at the end of the day you have to give up a second round or so, then we have plenty to, to, to give up as long as we get to keep Jalen Brunson. It's a, it's a good thing that David Stern, RIP, is not the one who's handling this because we might not have kept Jalen Brunson after this, but... That that's really it. I don't think there's much much stock to it. Um, and worst case scenario, again, if we got to give up a pick, we'll give up a second round pick. What do you think, Faze? You you worried about this this quote unquote investigation, this hard hitting like uh, uh, investigation that's going going on right now? Uh, I mean, the Sixers just went through the same thing with PJ Tucker. It's like the Knicks couldn't have you know made it more obvious when they announced like you know people are announcing it like 30 minutes before the free agency really even starts i remember the jalen brunson thing was coming out early so it is what it is like it's i like it i always like tampering and stuff it's good to know that our team is the one tampering they're the one keeping their ear to the streets staying connected and that's what we wanted worldwide west and leon rose for they're doing exactly what we wanted getting good guys on our team guys that people over the offseason have been talking about with flying colors people have been raving over the Jalen Brunson signing in terms of like you know players like JJ Redick and whatnot they've been giving him a a, a good appraisal so I'm happy that Leon Rose is getting involved and tampering man this is what the NBA is about and it's not like the NFL or something where you you saw the Dolphins tampering fine and went crazy NBA been soft with it take advantage of it while you can you know like (laughs) and you know what and credit to Leon Rose he probably saw this coming and decided to sign Rick Brunson and let that be damage control. Let me try it from that before. Be damage control, and that's going to be his argument. So I'll go even farther, bro. I think he saw any tampering charges coming when he took the job, and he's like, "I'm gonna hire Brock Oller because Brock Oller's obsessed with getting second round picks. That's just the war mm-hmm. chest of like the rainy day fund <laughs> for future tampering expenses. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Tamper we already know Brock Oller. He's getting ready for any. It, I don't even think we're gonna get charged, but if we do, Brock Oller's probably looking for a way to get Ed Davis back so we could flip him again for more second round picks. You know what I mean? Tamper away. <laughs> Like, and like, I just, I just don't get, you know what I mean? Like, I bring them up for a reason because I see, like, there's a general feeling of, like, oh, the Knicks are just going to be wasting second round picks. But, yo, second round picks, you know, we, we talked about it on our pod, but they're basically currency for these types of shit, for, for expenses, for, like, rainy day things, or for, like, to, you know, um, just get another deal moving, you know what I mean? To, like, as finishing pieces. So, we I also gave up no assets for Jalen Brunson. Remember, this was a conversation exactly. we had where we were like, oh, would we give up second-round picks? Would we give up first-round picks and whatnot? It's like you signed him using cap space. Yeah, you used a bunch of second-round picks to move off of the bad contracts you signed, but like Nafi said, like that's what they're for. They're there to fix the boo-boo. You don't want to use a first-round pick for it, but it's fine. You know, the second-round picks are almost non-factors if your team is – especially if you have a decent team, you know, and like you, like you said, Brock Allen will accumulate more assets. Worse comes to worse. And 
I'm I'm of the opinion that like I don't think it's likely we get quote unquote caught or charged. I think like, so too. Because just because like you know the example that was brought up was last offseason where you had like the Miami situation, the the, the Chicago situation where the, Chicago got Alonzo, Miami got Kyle Lowry, but those were all complicated fucking sign and trade deals and Three-two that deals. in itself exactly an, a sign and trade deal in itself indicates that you had contact with another team prior to the negotiation period, the legal negotiation right. period, quote unquote. Us, it's like, you know, that's why we had Woj, you know, Mr. CAA himself, like, carrying water for us and, like, being like, oh, Knicks are en route to the meeting. Knicks are uh, grabbing some food on the way to meet with Jalen Brunson. They haven't made an offer yet. They haven't signed him yet. When, when we all knew it was, like, it was Done already deal. in hand. You know what I mean? Done deal. So, I think they covered their base as well. I wouldn't put it past Leon, who has shown us to be mad pragmatic to not cover his his tracks but we'll see i don't think anything will come up and if it does it ain't that big a deal exactly any closing thoughts mo no i i don't think there's much stock to it i think we're we're good to move forward there's it's been a quiet week for for nixon news but i'm i'm ready to talk about what what the other teams have been doing so what's the first thing we got lined up you start on the east i think right on this is uh, my bad. Last week we were talking about, you know, top two teams in each conference. I skipped right over <laughs> Miami, but you know what? I'm, a, I'm right now I'm spinning it into an intentional move because, like, yo, fuck Miami. Then there's a quote-unquote Donnie Mitchell chase with us. Fuck, fuck them wannabes, you know what I mean? So I'm kidding, but, like, yeah, now I guess we could talk about, like, the true two-seed. I think Miami had two-seed, right, like, last season. Um, they might have been the, the, no, the other one-seed, one yeah. <laughs> but yeah. They're, 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 the, they're the ones who made the Eastern Conference Finals against the – Celtics. Yeah, and there we, you go. We there thought the. I, I also thought the Bucks did it because I just didn't see Miami doing it. Just because we all thought the opinion that yeah, like the Bucks yeah. should have been in the finals. You know what I mean? So it's you know one plus one equals two. Whatever. But yeah, Miami. Um, they really didn't add nobody. They seem to be in flux because they've been in connection to, like I said, Donnie, and um, they were one of the first names mentioned uh, in the KD reports when the, his trade request became public, right? Um, so what y'all make of like how they're looking right now? Um, can we judge them um, right now before any of these kind of trades happen? Or um, I guess yeah, what's your what's y'all's uh, temperature on Miami right now going into next season? I don't think you can underrate them. What they have is essentially the same squad as last season, minus PJ Tucker, and we'll get to him in a sec. They they re-signed Caleb Martin, three-year, twenty million dollars. He had a, he had a great season, his best season last year. Um, and this guy, you know, is going to be able to alleviate some of the pressure off of Jimmy Butler because at the end of the day, you know, you know you're going to need Jimmy in the playoffs to play his best. So let, let Caleb Martin run the court for a while. Let him take the shots and, you know, ease off of Butler for a minute. Uh, they re-signed Oladipo. I think it's weird. Originally, they signed him for a one-year for a one year deal, $11 million, Then they changed to a two-year $18 million deal. I don't think it's clear yet why exactly they did that. But, you know, apart from them being able to avoid a luxury tax – they, they're designing him less per year. Um, and, you know, Oladipo had those injuries, but you're going to – I'm sure they're hoping that his next season he'll have enough time to recover and play more like the way he used to play before. And, um, you know, Kyle Lowry is still on the team. He didn't have such a good season last year. He was dealing with personal family shit. Uh, not not shit, but it was actually legit serious stuff that he was dealing with. So you'd hope that mentally he, you know, he improves and he you know doesn't have to deal with that as much. And uh, they resigned. Uh, they they drafted Nikola Jovic at 27. I don't. I don't really have a good feel for him. Let's not even pretend to know anything about international prospects, Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> he's good offensively. He's a, he's a tall white dude. Uh, he's probably going to be traded in midseason to to get another uh, rotational player. But that's what I see is them. You know, par- probably being a top three team again in the East. 
What do you think, Faiz? Um, I mean, like, Miami's team, like you said, hasn't really improved a lot yet, so it does feel a little bit unfair to give a grade on them until, like, a KD move happens or doesn't happen until we start the season and have an idea of what's happening. But, you know, they, they didn't do anything really inspiring. Like, they haven't made any adjustments. Uh, mind you, you know, they did just make the Eastern Conference Finals, so they are feeling confident. Like, it's a chance that they can make it again, but... Jimmy's getting older. You don't want to, like, waste that championship window with him. But it's good to see, like, Bam Bam has been talking about Miami, staying in Miami and whatnot. So they have, like, a good team going forward. But I just want to say as, like, a Knicks fan, like, it's really frustrating to see the way these Miami players and, like, assets are just being so overhyped. Like, you know, this Duncan Robinson contract is, is cancer. Like, you have to say for what it is. He didn't play in the playoffs. He's basic, basically unplayable, like, to a certain degree. For a team that went to the Eastern Conference Final, like, it's a big contract. I think a $96 million contract. Like, offloading him, like, it's not going to be as easy as making people make it seem. And they're just throwing him in trades. And, you know, the Miami doesn't have a lot of tr- a trade assets, like a lot of picks to trade it. But people are still, like, marking them up to be in the KD sweepstakes and the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes. And it's just frustrating the bias that Miami gets as a team. Like, if anything, they got worse. They, they lost P.J. Tucker, like, someone who we've seen as a clear uh, competitive player in the playoffs. So, I don't know, man. I think Miami's moves are a little bit overhyped. Like, nothing really happened. And as a Knicks fan, I'm always going to shit on Miami, man. Like, <laughs> I'm just always going to have to, like, say something bad about Miami. It's natural. Fuck them, man. Comes yeah. Natural. Comes natural. What it is, though, I just have a begrudging respect for them. Not even begrudging. It's just, like, they get that benefit of the doubt because they are Miami. Because of the no, no, they're, no, no, they're everything. a great team. I, I'm, like, the so hate is, think, it's haterade. Like, they're, yeah, they're but team. it's just almost like they're good in the most boring way. Consistent. Right. You know what I mean? And we know with Jimmy, he may not be looking like Mr. Top Ten in the regular season, but when the lights are brightest, to borrow that cliche, when it's playoff time, he's that dude. You know what I mean? So to kind of... The Miami to see them kind of stand pat right now, not like try to supplement Jimmy with additional help. If I were a fan like of of Miami, I'd be a little annoyed. But you know they're in these conversations for KD and Donnie. I think KD is more likely than Donnie just because you know obviously we're thinking Donnie ends up here. Knock on wood. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Whatever the fuck. Um, but with Miami, it's like PJ Tucker. I feel like was a big loss. He's old as shit, and he went to a rival, right? Um, and we're gonna get to that next team. But I don't know if they don't make any kind of like big move like KD or um, Donnie, like I just don't see where the additional upside is because yeah, you're counting on Jimmy, but Jimmy is going to be another year older. Lowry's going to be another year older. They also made it to the Easter conference finals because Chris Middleton was out. Exactly. You don't get that benefit again. You know, and I'm not going to like hold that against them because you got to play who's in front of you, right? You got like these injuries happen every year in every playoff run, but with Miami, it's like they definitely have more faith in Tyler Hero becoming what they need than I personally do, than I feel like than we do. But um we'll see how that goes, you know. Um we ready to talk about Philly though? Or y'all got any more on that uh, uh that contract that he signed to three year thirty three million dollars. He's thirty seven years old. He's basically gonna be getting paid that money when he's forty years old. So I'm sure they, they have interest in re signing Tyler Hero or signing whomever, but if you lock in that money to PJ Tucker, he's not gonna be that same player when he's forty years old. There's only so many years that he could be you know, I didn't expect Miami banging. to match that. Yeah, like, he's, a, he's a great player, but there's only so many years yeah. you can expect him to be, to be able to bang down low and guard every best player in every team in every playoffs. He's been doing it for so many years now. His time well, he was is a limited. center. Remember, he was banging yeah. up against like, he was Houston center for a while. Like. Exactly. So you know, it's only limited. He only has a limited window. You don't want to lock in that money for a guy who's about to be 40 years old by the end of this contract. You want to keep that money for Tyler Hero or someone. 
you know, someone else that you see to be the future of, of Miami because it's not, it's not going to be Let me ask you all this. Do you all believe in Bam, though? Because like, he is really great defensively, right? And I feel like he can become, uh, if not already is, but I think he could be like the same kind of like multi-positional defender. Tucker has shown himself to be that gritty guy that could basically defend two through five, right? Could win a defensive player of the year, in my opinion. Exactly, yeah. Bam's mm-hmm. got that kind of talent, but do you all believe kind of in his offensive trajectory? Do you see him kind of molding himself into what Jimmy needs quickly? You know what I mean? Like as far as like being a post-up option, being able to kind of... We, we know Bam can pass. We know he can facilitate from the elbows a little bit, but there were moments where he just looked like, you know, a very brawlic Jared Jeffries offensively, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, in the playoffs. So I want to see wh- what y'all think about his offensive upside. What about you? Like, we'll start with Mo. I mean, I, I think he definitely has it. I mean, I think he felt a little bit more pressure to do it this season because I think they thought this like, this past season was going to be the season where he takes that step. I think uh, I heard in a, I heard in Zach Lowe's podcast you're talking about Kyle Lowry being more passive, and I think Kyle Lowry felt the need to pass the ball to to Bam to get him going instead of taking his own shots and in his own right he started regressing. So I think once Bam sees Kyle Lowry taking more shots, he'll start to pick and choose his spots more efficiently and more effectively. And he'll start to get his own feel. He's only he's only 25 years old, so he has plenty of time for growth. He's already ha- he's already excellent on the defensive side. He's he's up there in the, in the passing side. If he has his own if he has his own niche on the offense side, which I don't see any reason why he shouldn't, um, he's gonna be an excellent player. He's already an All Star caliber player. So, you know, knocking down the occasional three, being able to post up. He's a big guy, strong guy. He should be able to do it. I, I don't see why not. I will say he's, like, very inconsistent uh, offensively. My parlays and my pockets will tell you that. Like, it's Facts. very frustrating. <laughs> Damn it, Bam. Like, 15 <laughs> points, that's all I want. Ahead, that's uh-huh. all I want, 15 points. Like, you can't give me that. You're an all-star. But I digress. I will say, like, he is one of the premier pieces to build around. Like, I would love to have Bam on my team and build around him. And, you know, to play devil's advocate, like, if I'm Miami and I can get Donovan Mitchell on my team, let's say even after Jimmy Butler's gone, like, I like the idea of Donovan Mitchell and Bam Adebayo as my core. Like, building from there, that you're building with a pretty good, you know, hand to start with. So, I, I love, I like Bam. I think he's a great player. Uh, you know, all all NBA type of potential, defensive player of the year type of potential. And above all, he just exudes heat culture. And that's what you mm. want. You want your players to buy into your, your culture, your facilities. And, you know, when you're that star player and you're listening to the coach, everyone else falls in line. Now, I know with the heat, everyone falls in line no matter what. They have these strict rules. Because Jimmy will curse their ass out. <laughs> right. But I, I, I think even Bam is one of those players who holds guys accountable. Like, yeah, there's games where... He, he's not there offensively, but he's still there defensively on those games. He doesn't mm. take breaks. He still is, you know, trying to make it work. So I really do have a lot of respect for Bam as a rival and great player, man. I, I, the Miami Heat are in a great position, to be honest. And they have they're a ton of room for money. growth. They have yeah. so much room for growth. Even if their players aren't that young, they have so many players who were not playing that well last year, That, but they still got the first seed. Um, I, I think... You know, and these guys players. are just playing with winning players like Max Struess and whatnot. Like, who they are these guys? They just find these dudes off the, the scrap heap. You know what I mean? Like, they, Cody Martin was a second-round pick of Charlotte, I think, like years ago, and he just got an extension from Miami. Max Struess came out of nowhere became reliable for him. You know what I mean? Gabe Vincent? Gabe, that sounds like a made-up name, but, hey, he <laughs> contributed last we year. We saw so him contribute. I, re- I really want to know what happened. Different, you know what I mean? really yeah. want to know what happened with Duncan Robinson because he literally fell off, like, worse than Julius Randle. Like, I, I didn't think that would be possible. I think it's just it's, crazy he doesn't get the cover. He was at he his worst, the- and they still got the first seed. So even if he plays like the way he did last year, the year before, 
that's money. That that's it's you know that contract. Ninety six million million dollars. It's gonna have to be money. He's a very highly paid three and D player who hasn't done a lot of three or a lot of D. I think he's a three point player. I don't think he was ever a three. No, he was a good. He was a. I would say. In the bubble and whatnot, he was playing good defense, but yeah, that shit fell off a cliff. Like that bubble really got a lot of players paid, including Donovan Mitchell. Like not paid, but that that bu- the bubble stories carry a lot of legacy. Like Jamal Murray, he's still living off that bubble legacy too. You know, like TJ Warren hasn't played time, ball since then. That was the last then. time he played. <laughs> Yo, TJ Warren hasn't played ball since then, bro. <laughs> he went out on a high note. He's like, well, that's, that's it for me. <laughs> there you go. So, like, you know. And I will say, like, if, if you guys are ready to move on to, like, the P.J. Tucker of it all, because that's, like, the string that adds it, I, I agree yeah, with... I didn't expect him to be, like, a, a, a storyline that binds two different franchises. At 37 and, years old. Hey, props to P.J., bro. This man was... he. I think he was, went undrafted, then he had to play overseas for mad years. Hard-working guy. Niche. Yep, yep. He was, like, an old rookie when he went to P.J. His niche is owning one million sneakers. That That's his niche. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> a sneaker guy, and he's, he's also, the, like, the grimy guy that... I don't know. I mean, I personally... You know, if your franchise is out here tampering for a like you know, a three and D fucking uh, big wing, I, I mean, good, good player. I value what he so, brings, but damn. I, I agree with everything Mo said. I agree with everything you said about like how it's like he's thirty-seven years old. You don't want to pay him, but if I'm my if I'm Philly, I'm justifying it like, hey, I was gonna pay Harden that money anyway because I want to keep him happy. He did the optical optics of taking a pay cut and showing everyone that I'm a team player. Even if they don't win, even the inevitable when the Sixers don't make the Eastern Conference because they just haven't, you know, he, he's like, oh, I did my part. And, you, you know, you use that money to sign P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, like add some players to the to an already good Sixers team, to be honest. You know, yeah. a, a little bit of addition by subtraction, getting Ben Simmons off the roster, a full year of James Harden, possibly healthy. Like, Let me ask you this, though. So, like, I know P.J. Tucker is probably the big name out of these pieces Philly's added. But, like, when you look at the totality of these moves, including, like, re-signing James Harden, getting him back at a lower cap number, I guess what do you make make of these additions? Like, I know you had kind of just started touching on it, but, like, what do you guys make of these additions as far as, like, this season? Like, will they be able to kind of get over the hump? Like, will P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, De'Anthony Melton, former Rockets, will they kind of help, you know, James Harden have a one-season renaissance and kind of reclaim what he once had as far as, like, the Houston James Harden? Or, you know, what what, what are we thinking there? Like, the whole kind of total package up and down looking at the roster. What are we making them? Well, real quick, that DeAnthony Melton trade is super like underrated. It. Super underrated. Like they got it, yeah. rid of Danny Green, who just tore his ACL in the playoffs, and they flipped that, and a 23rd pick was probably not going to do much to a 24-year-old kid who's good at 3 and D. He's he's mm. nasty on defense and he's a volume three point shooter and he's he's cheap as hell. So his his total is sixteen million and that goes with with Harden's uh you know pay cut. His pay cut is fifteen million dollars. So he basically just got Deon, you know DeAnthony Melton to to fill in that for that role. And, PJ Tucker, DeAnthony Melton, all yeah. these guys are just like they're just a filler and they, well n- more more than just filters. They're gonna they're gonna surround James Harden, Joel. Of course, Embiid, I, and, I just mean yeah. with the contracts, like right. you know the contract you're paying Harden yeah. anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I will say, I think the Sixers are going to be some regular season heroes. I think they actually have, like, the strongest potential to be the number one seed. I could see mm. a, a James Harden renaissance, everything that you spoke of, but I could also still see them melting down in the playoffs. James Harden is still notorious for playing poorly in the playoffs. Joel Embiid is better in the playoffs, but still has his moments, too. And Doc Rivers is Doc Rivers, man. Let's not forget about all these 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 frauds. You know, I don't want to be a dick, but that's how it is. And, like, I could see them not making the Eastern Conference Finals again. 
the process will continue to process for a long time. But, you know, I think they'll have a really good regular season. I just don't see like, – if they run into the Bucks, I'm still going to take the Bucks, man. Like, you know, a healthy Bucks. I'm inclined to agree. Like, uh, But my thing is, I think what they're banking on, Daryl Morey and the, the Philly Brain Trust, and, you know, I think Philly fans as well, I think they're banking on just like Tyrese Maxey taking a jump, bro. Kind of like how we expect IQ to take a jump for us. I think Tyrese Maxey, with all the names we mentioned, He's he might just it. be – the one name, the one biggest variable, because he could be make that third year jump and kind of get to a level of player that even if James Harden isn't much better than what he was last season, if Tyrese Maxey gets better and these, these role players fit around their stars better, it might kind of the the whole recipe might be better for the playoffs. Even if the individual pieces aren't kind of like blowing you away, I think Tyrese Maxey's a va- variable there. Yeah. I almost feel like. It doesn't even matter. This is, this is maybe just a hot take. It doesn't even matter if James Harden has a renaissance season. If Tyrese Maxey isn't kind of like, like, like you know, solidifies himself as that third guy next season, I think Philly won't get much farther than the second round of the Eastern Conference Finals. I think he already solidified himself as that right. third player. Cause they, I mean, beyond they, that, though. They, like, that first half of the season without Ben Simmons on the team, without Harden joining the team, they they played very well, and he and Bede were the two main guys who were keeping the team going. And he meshed going. really well. Once Harden came in, yeah. it was a fit. Seem, they fit like a glove. It was seamless. And he All definitely right. had moments in the playoffs, but I'm like, I mean, like, just becoming like that consistent uh, playoff performer. Something they wanted from Tobias Harris and why right. they paid Tobias Harris all that money. Right. They what they realize after like three four years is that Tobias can't be the third option on a championship. But again, team. you still have guys like Tobias, Matisse, Tybel. Like it's awesome when you, you. It's it's never a problem when you can say like these are the guys we have, and you forget about guys, and the guys you're forgetting about are guys like Tobias Harris, Matisse, Tybel, who have all NBA defense. You know, like these are good players. Like yeah, but I almost feel I don't know. I'm not a big Tybel fan. I just I I'm not know. crazy I, for him either. I'm just saying he's he's more than serviceable. For sure, but it's not like he just—he's almost becomes like if Tony Allen in his peak back in 2011, 2012 almost became unplayable in the playoffs, and Tybal in 2022, 2023 ain't gonna be useful in the playoffs. And it's true, he, he his minutes completely get like cut in half in the playoffs because you got to be able to at least provide someone offensively, and he's a monster defensively. Don't even get me wrong, but I think that's why you know people clown them for getting the band back together for the Rockets. But Daniel House, P.J. Tucker, DeAnthony Melton. These are the quote-unquote others Shaq always likes to talk about. They got to be role players that right. don't mind just, you know, I'm going to defend my ass off, I'm going to take open shots, and I'm going to pass it when I'm not open. You know what I mean? I think with Tybo, he gives you all that, that what these guys do on the defense, but he don't give you the, the jumper or the passing or, you know what I mean, like being able to break down the defense. So, I, I think the squad I, is, is top six, top seven without Harden. I think James Harden, the way – we're seeing two sides of a guy who's trying to revamp himself. We see it on the financial standpoint where he's down to a one plus one, take $15 million pay cut. It shows he's focused there, but he's also showing on the court, uh, off the court as well, practicing day in, day out. He's trying to get into shape. And I know it could be optics. I know Sixers fans have seen with Ben Simmons trying to do the same thing and then and then not doing it. But this is a former MVP playing with a, with playing with a player alongside – playing alongside a player who's always in the running for MVP and Joel Embiid. And mm. that dude is, is – is a fucking beast. So I think, you know, with these guys, if they can play consistently healthy throughout the season, have Maxi take that step where he's averaging 18 to 20 points per game and dishing out the assists, shooting efficiently, they could be top four. And making the Eastern Conference Finals is not going to be easy it, as it was in previous season. We have a lot of good teams in the East, and it sucks as Knicks fans. Thanks. But Boston, Miami, Philly, 
is and Milwaukee is already up there, and that was that took half a second to even think about. And Nets still season, didn't trade KD, and Atlanta still get better, have KD, I mean. and they still have Kyrie. So, and then you got the lower tier Atlanta, and then you yeah, know exactly the Bulls. The Bulls still have to get that because they just made the playoffs. You guys still give them something like. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> this, oh, this really team. I mean, really with that Lonzo Ball and stuff, <laughs> Lonzo we're talking Ball, about the lower. I mean, we're, we're talking about the. Playing? I retired already. We're talking about the low tier teams. You the feel bar? me? Like Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta doesn't compare to fucking uh, all these other teams too. But you know they put their name in there. You nah, bro, you didn't see their program highlights. Come on now, they're gonna run the league. You ain't see like the dallas they did against I like did plumbers and mailmen. I, you I, know I mean, I did think that was a little NBA Twitter ablaze. You got motherfuckers that are like just clocked out of their regular job at Best Buy defending Dante Murray and their fans are just like, oh my god, big three. Fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> yeah, that, that shit was overblown as fuck. I mean, it was cool. It was, it was very nice. dope, you know what I mean? But... Talking I mean, about... Using that to talk about the season is like using Hoodie Mellow to talk about the season. Like, exactly. It's, it's, I wasn't even doing that back then and I'm a Mellow stan, so I'm not going to yeah. take this shit from Hawks fans. Fuck out. Yeah. We're not even gonna, we're not even supposed to be talking about Hawks. Let's let's move on. Let's. I think we covered Philly. We're ready to go to the, to the West and I think I have the perfect kind of segue here. Follow me. Daniel Green was traded to... Which team? Memphis. Memphis Grizzlies. So we were ready to talk about these these young whippersnappers that seem to like the social media smoke, as they call it. You know what I mean? You got you got John Morant on Twitter talking about like putting hollow point bullets in players and then deleting tweets. So I, I don't know what the fuck that's about. I, I, I mean, I'm glad RJ ain't, ain't a social media prima donna like that. But anyway, yeah. What's uh, what y'all takes on uh, Memphis and what they did or didn't do this this uh this offseason? Excluding Twitter activities, unless y'all want to touch on that, because I think it's funny as hell. I can't make any logic to why they traded for Danny Green after he tore his ACL. It makes it was just for the pick. They like they like kind of drafting, uh, like ready-made role players. But that's, that's how they, they have like, they have, they have Clark, a ready-made role get. player in Dan- Anthony Melton. He's he's right there to do it. And They're also especially, small market, especially though, when you know Jaron Jackson Jr. just got injured, it kind, it's kind of a bad mm. look for them. He's out till about Christmas, so they they're kind of bleak at the forward position and. You know they have they're good in the guard. They just re-signed Tyus Jones. That's a, that was a good signing, two year, twenty nine million dollars. Um, he he really kept them afloat when when Jaw wasn't playing. But that forward position is going to kill them. They lost Kyle Anderson too. Two he signed mm. two year, eighteen mil to, to Minnesota. So who they got at the forward position to really take on the mantle while all these guys are out? I I don't know. But this is a team that should have taken the steps to be a title contender because they they were positioning themselves to do it. They should take that step to be. I'm not saying that they are. I, I I see you giving me that. Look. I feel like this is the this is what I ha- what happened with me and the Bulls. Like I'm I don't not, think he's trying to say Tyler. Could, I'm not saying that they will. I'm not saying that they are. I'm saying right. that they should take the steps to try to get them to that position because they have that superstar. Young they should player. be trying to add on to the yeah, roster that already them, made. Not make themselves worse. Okay, I, I follow that, but I don't think they were definitely at this level at the juncture where they need to kind of make a move to. They to they overperformed this last year. They they should try to improve. I think I think this is like. This is like you wanted to see incremental improvement, but maybe I'm you know, I'm trying to put myself in the in a, the Memphis Grizzlies kind of GM hat. Maybe they obviously know the medical situation with Jaron Jackson. Maybe they're just like, yo, we're going to miss him for half the season anyway. Let's kind of cut our salary a little bit. De'Anthony Melton's salary is definitely much less than um the rookie they picked, right? Or But then again, Danny Green kind of makes – I don't know. I, that's a weird trade if you think about it, right? So – I guess I, I mean, you know what? I'll give them props. Like a lot of like NBA draft Twitter people say that Memphis is like the draft Twitter darling because they always draft like the NBA draft Twitter favorites, you know. And 
personally, I like the Desmond Bain pick. So they've got a pretty good record with that. So bro, their players don't end. Like one of them goes, another one comes in, and like yeah. Stephen Adams got played out of the playoffs. You bring in a guy like Brandon Clark, like exactly. You know, they 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 know what they're doing, and their coach is great. So I do see where you're coming from, but I also get where Bo's coming from. Like Danny Green's just not someone I'm like super like. What are you gonna inspired do? Inspired by? What, but what can you do with this man? You can't play him. Veteran you can't leadership, trade my guy. I mean, if he, if I don't, how are ACL injuries now? Like, is how many? If it's like, if he can come before playoffs, like I get the move. Like, nah, nowadays it's like a two week injury. He's like, he's like thirty seven now. I, I don't know. I don't expect him to contribute big, but yeah, I see the veteran presence. And again, yeah, I get Nafi. Like they got the pick, and they're good with these picks. Like, yeah, my thing. They is must like, have really liked the player. Yeah, my thing is like, if they had already had Jaw on a big money extension, and it was this summer where they really didn't do much other than just kind of stand pat and like flip out a, a role player for a late draft pick, then, yeah, I would be like, all right, that's kind of that's kind of annoying. But I think they're still in that young, burgeoning, like, up, uh, upstart rookie phase where – They're counting they, on their players to just get better. Like, exactly. Yeah. And that's a kind of a good bet so far. Um, Desmond May took a Bain, big leap, yeah. Yeah, he's, he took a big leap, and I think he's going to continue to, especially with, like, more offensive responsibility with uh, Jaron Jackson there for, like, the first half of the season. But it all depends on Ja, right? They got their star – um, I'm personally not as high on him as, like, I guess, general consensus or even the casual audiences, but he's a damn good player. Definitely a, a, a tier of, like, possible franchise stars. You know what I mean? I, I compared him to, like, I don't even like Westbrook, but I compared him to Westbrook as, like, with better passing skills, more of a natural playmaker in that regard. That jumper needs to get there, though. If they're serious about kind of, like, going toe-to-toe with Golden State and they trying to make that a rivalry, even though, like, it doesn't make sense, Golden State, they beat y'all and then they talk shit to y'all afterwards because y'all are little kids that got overzealous in a regular season game. You know what I mean? Shout-out to Clay for <laughs> remembering that. I, I respect that kind of petty, bro. Remember? <laughs> he, he literally went on a post-game. Po- podium after winning a championship after three years of hell and injuries one of the first things he remembers is a goddamn tweet i respect that kind of petty so much my guys like that's the shit that i would do and i respect it so all that being said let me ask this do y'all think memphis is ready to get in that conversation like for real for real like really be one of those west contenders or they're just more of an interesting young kind of a scrappy fun regular season team yeah, I think they're more of like a scrappy, scrappy team. Like, I could definitely see them getting into the playoffs and like upsetting a team or whatnot. Like, what the Grizzlies are known for, like a, a really rough and tough team that I feel like will have regular season success. Their coaching is great. You have Ja, like you said, he's like a budding superstar, and they have good pieces around them. They draft well, but yeah, when it comes to the playoffs, it's all about like the big guns. Like, what do you have? Like, that's what the NBA is about. Like, who are your arms dealers? Like, who are the fucking guns that you're coming to the, the gun party with, you know? So, John ja, <laughs> <laughs> Morant ja is nice. He's great. But, like, these other, like, Jerry Jackson Jr. still got to work on that fouling issue, you know? Like, mm. I can see them making these, like, incremental changes and getting better for sure. But it's not inspiring, again. Like, I'm not very, like, if I was a Grizzlies fan, I don't think I'd be, like, you know, adding people like yo watch out for the Grizzlies like you know like it's just more like a fanatic thing if more than like objectively like yeah this team got better yeah yeah and, I just think they're high grade like league, league pass darling you know what I mean they're like yeah. one of those teams that the NBA hipsters be like oh yeah y'all see Memphis you know what I mean right, on a Thursday right, night right. when people are all having their lives <laughs> yeah not to mention a lot of teams in the West have gotten better I mean we're gonna see Denver we'll see Jamal Murray come back we'll see Kawhi and PG playing together hopefully you know Minnesota got a lot better with Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. So, you know, and the Lakers, you could probably expect them to get better. AD's not, AD will hopefully remain healthy, and we'll see if Kyrie comes in 
But we can always expect the Lakers to try to make a move to try to get better. They still got LeBron James at the end of the day. So Crazy how much credit the Lakers get, man. They That's what I mean, get, bro. They had they LeBron always, James last they year. They get so much of the benefit of the doubt that other teams they don't get. LeBron they got LeBron James their first year when he was younger. Still missed <laughs> the playoffs. The Lakers are a really funny team. I always notice. And good for them. Like What they always do is they'll be really good for a little bit. And then they'll be really ass for a while. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, they'll accumulate these assets. They'll make it work. But then they're good right at the right time where they can accumulate enough fans. You know what I mean? To keep the train going. Like, Lakers fans be everywhere, man. So. We'll get to the Lakers. That's going to be a fun episode. I Let's let's go with the team that kind of crashed and burned in the playoffs. If we're going to talk about teams that crashed and burned, you mentioned the Lakers. Let's talk about <laughs> the one that actually dominated the regular season. Got, got a little too close to the sun. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's wordplay. Y'all, y'all caught that, ladies and gentlemen? Wordplay. Anyway, so the Phoenix Suns got sunned by Luka Doncic. Y'all see uh, that wordplay, word too, play. huh? Word huh? Double <laughs> entendre. Don't even ask me how. Yo. <laughs> Please don't. I won't explain it. But uh, um, what, y- what y'all think of Phoenix and what they did? Because obviously the, the biggest shoe drop for them, which was bringing back Aiton after – the most petty kind of contract situation with a number one overall pick I've ever seen in my, in my time watching the league. But yeah, what y'all what y'all make of that? Like that whole situation, I guess like what are, what are, what are they about to do this season, boys? It's really shitty how like a like how an owner has no pulse on like a basketball team and like how his decisions can like really affect a basketball team and like I really feel like this eight in contract situation could have been handled so so long ago. You picked this guy with the number one pick. You clearly wanted him over Luca. Like you know, you made the finals with him. Invest in your players. Like you're seeing like meltdowns from Aiden in the middle of the end of the, their their finals loss when they're losing to the Mavs and Monty Williams coming out saying this is an internal problem. Like you're causing chemistry problems. And I get it. At the end of the day, by matching that offer instead of offering the contract themselves, they saved a couple million bucks. But like. It's just so shitty to watch how pure basketball, like shit that we enjoy, just fucking hoops, get get fucked up by someone like a president or an owner of these, it's the these teams. Of it, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, the business of it. Like it's it's frustrating. Shout out to Ian for getting paid. Guy's a hard worker. I'm I'm glad he got his bag, and I'm sure they're gonna figure it out. Monty Williams is a great coach. CP3, even Booker. These are all good guys in the locker room, but it, it it's gotta hurt to watch. Luca come and say, what was it he said? He was like, they love talking when they're up, you know? And then, like, yeah, having, yeah. having like, an NBA badass, you know, like, Western moment type shit. Like, that's that's something to remember, you know? And getting Jalen Brunson paid, like, the Suns are, hand, paw prints are all over that. Concerned with CP3's age and whatnot. But, you know, you you got to keep, you keep your name in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, which obviously we'll talk touch on later. But I think the Suns are in an okay position. Definitely... I think their whole, level. like, since you just mentioned that name, like, I just think, like, their entire upside. I just don't, I'll be honest with you, last season I was skeptical, and it seemed like for good reason, because I remember, Mo, remember the, the preseason prediction. I was like, I don't know about this DeAndre Ayton situation. I think it could end up fucking him on the ass, mm. not paying him. You know what I mean? And then what happened in the playoffs? Like, there was, like, that whole tiff with Monty Williams. Yeah. It seems like they're all trying to play nice now, and it's easy to play nice after you get the bag. You know what I mean? You throw those feelings away. No harm, no foul. Like, yeah, right, yeah. Here. Just be like, oh, you know, we're, we're all grown men here. This is a business. Yada, yada, yada. But I don't think maybe that won't be an issue this season, I think. I think DeAndre will fall in line. But it's just like looking at it from a basketball standpoint, they're really dependent on Chris Paul. I love the point guard, always have. But I can see a fall off coming. There was definitely some fall off in the playoffs. Maybe he was hurt, but he almost always ha- 
tends to be hurt that kind of comes with being old and small. You know CP3 what I mean? CP3 also does tend to shrink when the lights get a little bit brighter, and we're seeing a little bit more of that in the playoffs. Like, he's still giving those 10 assists a game during the regular season. Great supplementary piece to guys like Booker and Aiton, but it's like what you said. Like, you can't really rely on him in the playoffs, and yeah, that's, yeah. that's all they're thinking about now. It's he's just not, that, finals, he's like, not that, like, tier one star that he used to be, where, like, if this was CP3 in his prime with this core in Phoenix, the hell yeah, they win a ring, but... I almost feel like they have to keep their names in the KD like sweepstakes, and I know they can't trade Aiton until like January probably, or even a year from now. But yeah. if they could get like you know what I mean, like bridge the gap with Sean Marks in Brooklyn, and just get them to take all their wings, Cam Johnson, uh, fucking Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder for KD. I'm really liking that. The depth may be a little weak, but yo, you get KD, Booker, Aiton, CP3. That's pretty much your whole like uh, payroll. But yo. That's their best shot in the entire history of their franchise of getting a ring, you know? And I almost feel like I don't see an upside for them to be a contender beyond Chris Paul. Like, once Chris Paul fades, I think Booker's going to – all eyes on Booker and where he's going to go. You know, I'm just very pessimistic on their – you know, they could have a great season, but I'm just pessimistic on them becoming a championship team. What do you think, Mo? Yeah, I mean, they – I agree with what you guys are saying, I think. As a business standpoint, as like a relationship standpoint, they they fumbled it by not set by not signing in earlier. But from a money standpoint, for a small market team, they save money by waiting it out and then matching the offer that the Pacers gave. And I get that standpoint. He's still making a lot of money. He's still signed on a four year contract. You can you can ask for forgiveness and you can make it up later in other ways. Um, you still save that money. And they were able to sign Devin Booker on a Supermax contract. And they signed some some strong guys to, to join the bench and, and Josh Okogie and Damian Lee. So they, they strengthened the bench. Strong guys. Yeah. For the bench. Uh, like, for like, the bench. like physically? That, that, like, word, <laughs> like, that word strong is doing a lot of work. I, I'm like, yo, dude, Mo got some inside dirt. Like, he's seen both men deadlift 600 pounds. He literally means strong. Like, okay. They, Josh Okogie, he built like that? Okay. You seen him uh, put maybe, Brock Lesnar in a noogie? I mean, okay. I okay. Right. And I will say, though, I will say I'm very <laughs> surprised that Devin Booker ended up signing that extension. I thought, I, I don't know, it, it makes sense because these guys, are. that's what that's what the market is. People are just signing extensions as soon as possible, trying to make the trade. But I really thought that because of the NBA deals, you know, coming up and the chance, because, you know, if our listeners know, the way that salary works is you get paid based on the cap that year and you get mm. a percentage of that. So I thought when the percentage, you know, when the cap increases, he would want to get a contract then. Because Devin Booker's one of those guys, he's going to get a max contract no matter what. Someone's going to pay him that max. So, you know, it just goes to show how the market works. Conte Towns doing the same thing. And yeah. those are two guys linked to CAA that the Knicks really. We're considering, you know, that's where that's why you give credit on the list. That's why you give credit to Phoenix for locking him in and getting him to accept the contract. But it's almost like I don't think it kind of gets him out of the woods. You know what I mean? Like I feel like if they want to keep the Booker long term, they got to stay in the KD race because it's almost like what we all kind of get it now, right? Like these players are going to take the money now and then worry about it later. We just saw with KD. I mean, that's what it is now. There's no more free agency, so. I don't even. I'm not shocked Booker resigned. Maybe a little surprised, disappointed because you know we all bought exactly. Into those rumors. Yeah, it's more disappointing. We got Leon, Cat, Booker, and Donovan Mitchell were the first three names on that list of guys that were connected to him. You know what I mean? It still could be possible. You know, D- Booker. I could see like like I said, uh, Chris Paul falls off. DeAndre Ayton doesn't take a next step. Boom. Booker looks around. There's really no other superstar for him to like play with. You know, and then he goes across the country or he looks across the country and he sees a young burgeoning star in RJ. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, we'll see. 
I will say, I feel like this is good for the NBA because it keeps teams competent. Like, you see the Knicks and whatnot. Like, you have to sign smart contracts that can be moved. You have to mm. retain some sort of assets and have some sort of good players because if at any point, like, it's like you have to be ready for a date at all times. You got to keep cologne in the car. You got to have, like, a lint roller. Like, you got to, like, if Devin Booker wants a date, if he wants a, a, a ticket to the prom, you better have that fucking money ready. You better have your contracts in order to make that trade, you know? So. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm taking. I'm taking Devin Booker to dinner. Hey, yo. Sheesh. Prom, dinner, high school. We got Carl Malone here now. Yo. <laughs> yo. Oh, my God. Shit went left. That was a, a little. Oh I thought Mo was, I thought Mo was stretching. You're doing yoga today, Dobby. Sheesh. I'm sorry, I had to. I saw that opening. I was like, all right, I could get this layup off. I got to come be my tumble in the no. paint block me. I'm going to get this layup off anyway. Swish. <laughs> I think it's, I think that's about time, Mo. <laughs> Take us home. Take no, us from wherever we're You're us. awesome, bro. You're awesome. No, no worries. No worries. <laughs> we got your back here. You got we me. Know man. You you me we know what you meant. We know what you meant. You guys kill me, man. Can't even get my basketball takes off. <laughs> Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Is Show. Make sure you subscribe to our website, nick-ish.com. Check out our articles and Nickish musings written by our very own Omar Faruqi. Check out his review on Blood in the Garden by Chris Herring. Shout out to Chris Herring. Shout out to Omar. And uh, shout out to you guys for listening to this episode of Nickish. Until next time, take care. Peace. Peace. Peace.